0: Hello, hello everyone, and welcome along to episode 14 of season 3 of FKB. Quick reminder, if you haven't done so, please follow us on our socials, Instagram, at Banter, to not miss any updates of episodes or memes or whatnot. Um, And this week, we're off the back of a crazy weekend in the Premier League. Tons of goals, goals galore, drama, left, right, centre, red cards, VAR, you name it. And with me tonight to discuss all it is Nate and Lionel. Everyone else got caught up with life, but uh, the show must go on. So I'm glad to have the two of you with me. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess very contrasting emotions for all our sides involved. Uh, let's just give a brief like intro about which matches we saw and and kind of how the table looks like like after. X amount of game weeks as the World Cup break looms. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I I think for me, I I did catch the City game. You know, diligent supporter, and I also I think I I just couldn't miss the the highlight of this weekend, which was Spurs versus Liverpool. But we will get into that later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what about you, Nate?
2: Um. Yeah. I mean, there were a, a lot of really good games. Uh. The United one is a forgettable one, but um. <laughs> I, I thought the Leeds. Uh, that Embermouth game that was super exciting uh, I, I saw a bit of that I managed to catch a bit of that um, and the Brighton game as well that was also really good I think they're turning out to be a very um, interesting site this season and and uh, I saw a little bit of the resurgence of Leicester City I think we should talk a little bit about that later on as well so yeah a lot of good games this weekend
0: yeah man, and I'm in agreement that sometimes the best games are the ones that go under the radar, like we talk about Leeds bomber, for example, um not just from that, this was just one of the rare occasions where we had truly like a blockbuster weekend, like this was a super Sunday that was juice to the gills, you had Arsenal Chelsea kicking things kicking things off, and then to wrap up the weekend, you had spurs against Liverpool, but Let's just bring everything back to what got the weekend started, okay? And I mean, Lionel, we're gonna check in with you, but this if if you had just opened your score app at the full-time whistle of City Fulham, right, you would have especially if you were an Arsenal fan, you would have contemplated breaking your phone because seeing that 90 plus five Haaland bracket P, it doesn't get more. Hollywood than that, am I right in saying that?
1: Yeah, man. I think um, I think for those of you that didn't manage to catch the game, um, it was kind of a breezy one for City until the 26th minute where, Cancelo uh kind of have the red card. Honestly, um, I, I can't deny that that was a red card. Cause you know last man, um, it and it's a potential goal scoring opportunity. Was it, uh. Is it definitely hundred percent a red card? Um, I, as in, as a fan, I would say that you know, we could explore the possibility of just being a yellow. But the fact that you know, that the, we, we already said, you know, in terms of the football laws, right? You know, the moment you 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 make a tackle, uh, interfere with a goal scoring opportunity, it's a foul. You know, you have to get a red. So, mm. but but what I would say is that you know, for the for the remaining like 70-ish minutes, right? City, it was quite surprising that City still dominated the game with like quite a fair bit of possession. And I, I was quite surprised that Fulham was still, um they, they did not want to leverage the opportunity to, you know, try to get the three points. Like they were still playing very cautiously, very defensively. And, you know, they were inviting the pressure. But what I would say is that, you know, when whenever you go 10 men, when you go against a side that is 10 men, right? Like, one man down and ten men left. You have to try and capitalise on that, which, you know, in hindsight, they they didn't. And, you know, it kind of cost them, like, not just one point, but all three points. uh. so.
0: Uh, Yeah, I was actually surprised because Fulham are not necessarily known to be a team that parks the bus, per se. They've actually been quite adventurous this season, perhaps because it was away from home, perhaps it was because they are... Focal point and Mitrovic wasn't even on the bench for this game. Uh, rip most people's FPL lineups, but I think a lot of credit goes to City because um, even at one one with that red card, right? I always felt like we've seen it time and time again that this team never knows when to quit, and when you have the quality of like KDB, you know, bossing the midfield in the ninetieth minute, making lung-bursting runs. Not just that, having the awareness to, you know, just break apart a Fulham press with one touch, it, it, it just speaks volumes to their, not just will to win, but the actual quality in the side. The penalty itself, I don't have any issues, I just thought it was a lazy leg from, was it Robinson?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Robinson.
0: It, 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 when I saw it, I just yelled at my TV because I knew that it was gonna be a penalty. And I can't I couldn't believe that Fulham Uh after all that hard work just ultimately, you know, let it slip to a like a moment of I, I don't wanna say laziness, but but it like complacency mm-hmm. and then Leno again with the you know, if if maybes and buts. And Harlan rightfully said, you know, like, when he was asked, uh, are you aware that Leno was so close to saving the penalty? And Haaland was just like, I don't care because I scored. You know, that's whether, how close he got to it is a moot point. Mm-hmm. So, a uh, brilliant uh, display. Not the one I was expecting. I was fully expecting Fulham to get battered this game. I actually thought City would run out like 3-0.
1: five yeah. Yeah, five. Yeah, no, I,
0: mean, I I honestly thought it was gonna be five six. Yeah, because
1: to to be honest, you know, um personally I thought City was gonna concede because, you know, Fulham, right? I think Marcos Silva, no matter what team Marcos Silva is going up against, right, he always sticks to his philosophy where, you know, they just attack. They just uh go according to the game plan that Marcos Silva has and uh eventually they'll try to find the goals and try to get the points. But Surprisingly, you know, when the lineups came out, um, Mitrovic wasn't in the lineup. So I was like, okay, I think it's gonna be an easy 3 0 game. But um, you know, lo and behold, the universe just doesn't work. Bro, have either. you have you <laughs> not learned?
0: <laughs> only we, only non-fans can say that. Like, yeah, <laughs> never your own team. But I mean, any in that first half, I'm I mean talking just from a, like a like a FPL or like mm-hmm. a if you dabble in, like, betting and all that, right? All the odds were pointing in City's favour, and justifiably so, but seeing the penalty given, seeing the Cancelo rate card, you're just like, oh my god, what is going on? And we had just seen Liverpool lose to Leeds at home, like, the week before, so mm-hmm. perhaps a shock was on the cards, but I think the way City took control of the game really yeah. sets them apart from, like, the rest of the league. You s- we saw it last week against Leicester, very different game, but similar levels of frustration mm-hmm. um so i'm i'm as like that win this weekend was as impressive as you know like a 5-0 or 6-0 hiding it's just different ways to win and we're going to get to their closest competitors later in the in the episode but what a marker to 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 kick the weekend off and um Puts them in good stead lah, I should say. They they're really looking like a well-oiled machine and they haven't even hit maximum gear. I don't know if you like agree with that sentiment, but I think they still have so much to offer. hmm But what
1: but what I would say is that um, you know, I think the question last week I brought up was, you know, many people ask me that, you know, how how does uh Julian Alvarez play? And for those of us that uh watch the game, right, you know, although Unfortunately, he was taken off after the first forty-five for Haaland, right? Who you know, uh, contributed greatly. Was it that early? The yeah. I thought he came off. I, yeah, I think I th- around fifty. Oh, I'm minutes. thinking, yeah. I'm thinking it's of the ar- Leicester game. Sorry, yeah, it's around the Leicester fif- game. I think it's around the fiftieth minute. Yeah. Oh, oh it says here sixty-four, but mm. but you know, in the in the sixty-four minutes that he was playing, right, he he's someone that looks very tenacious. Like he looks very hungry to score, and when he takes shots, right. It's very. He looks very confident Of where he shoots Like He doesn't care He doesn't care more about the placing But he cares more about the power So if you notice that Whenever Alvarez shoots right It's always central but He just leathers it Yeah, yeah I, I think I saw the same exact thing In the game against um, I think it was Sevilla or Dortmund I can't remember mm-hmm, But Same mm-hmm. thing he, go, he goes for sheer power la, Which is quite Interesting You know I'm not sure whether Leno could have done better But uh, I think the shot from him was was pretty good. So, um, he looks like someone that has quite uh, a lot of potential. So, I'm um, definitely stoked to see more of him in action. And, um, you I, know, I, I think uh, it's undeniable that the man of the match was De Bruyne. Like, mm, bro, he looks... Easy. Yeah, man. I mean, it's the easiest spell of the match, bro. Yeah. Never, he, he, dude. he looks like he's in... He looks so confident on the ball, off the ball. And, you know... De Bruyne is known to not be the fastest player but what he makes, what he lacks in speed he makes up for it in like vision which I think right now in the Premier
0: League there's no other player you that has better what? vision you know what that narrative games. that KDB has no speed I'm starting to think it's like fraudulent man because I saw him put in a couple of sprints he's mm. fast dude yeah. he's fast I mean, with the ball Ma- man's not like Mbappe rapid
2: but oh, his, yeah. his stamina is. I think we saw it this game mm-hmm. it was like unrivaled he probably I don't understand but he looked like he covered every blade of grass on that pitch twice <laughs> he was running like mm-hmm. nuts yeah and, and, and it's not, not just him, that right yeah, yeah yeah
0: exactly I think everyone put in a shift and having to run that much and running at that intensity at 90 minutes with 11 men is tough enough mm-hmm. and still putting in the to ball to do it with like 10 I, yeah. I don't know man that's I just wish, like, I don't know if you guys heard the Van Dyke interview with Gary Neville, the overlap. Yes. (laughs) Van Dyke brought up KDB and I was like, yep, of course. Mm -hmm. What I would give to have KDB play for Liverpool, you know. Um, Mm -hmm. But, yeah man, City, once again, got it done ugly. But, that pep uh, face at the end said it all. He knew how clutch (laughs) those extra two points were. Putting the pressure back on Arsenal, who themselves had a tough game on paper didn't really turn out to be a tough game at all la, but <laughs> it was a tough game on paper and that's just what what City does man I think we're gonna have to get used to it unfortunately for everyone bar know we're gonna have to get used to it la. actually it's not like it's a new thing right I mean
2: City have been pulling a lot of I these last minute winners I think this is a minute minute thing in the sense
0: that winning with 10 men after playing like with 10 men for close to two thirds of the game
2: I think really? what you said a bit earlier though where you said we haven't seen City hit maximum gear it's almost like you have to take a man out of their team to see them it's really push bizarre, to that gear. Yeah.
0: And yeah. even without Haaland like yes you, you can there's a noticeable difference in like attacking threat but Alvarez like Lionel said is hungry he's still young uh, he's a threat in his own right and you know it's it's that strength in depth like it comes in so so clutch but Speaking about strength and depth right, there's a burning question I needed to ask and I, I was hoping Lionel had questions or I was hoping Lionel had answers. I'm sure you have questions as well, but mm-hmm. what is up with Pep and Foden? Because I have no <laughs> idea what is going on. Yeah, I, I knew I knew that was
1: going to come up and honestly, as a City fan, I myself am quite perplexed as well. La. Like, you know, Foden has been showing a lot of brilliance. You know, um, I think... Uh, he since the hat trick against uh, United, um, mm-hmm. apparently he hasn't been securing many my like, much minutes uh, and I'm also quite intrigued about why that is the case. But um, I think there was a moment in the game right when when Foden came on for Grealish, um, that I think when City was still trying to chase the game right, um, there was a moment I I saw there was caught on footage where the uh, somebody pinged the ball to. Uh, Foden. I think it was too. It was too far, like It was too fast for him. So Foden didn't like he, like. he stopped the chase after a while, and then the camera Panned straight to Pep, right, being very very pissed off. So this I, was which game. Uh, the most recent game against Fulham. Oh, okay. So I think right. like f- the moment I saw that, right, and then the commentator was like, "Oh, uh, Pep is definitely not happy with uh, uh, Foden's uh, like the f- Foden's decision," mm-hmm. and then he he pinged the camera to, to Pep, right. Then I was like. Okay, then maybe there 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 has been some like locker room drama that we are not seeing la because it you know, a player of Foden's quality, he should always be playing like at least 70 minutes la. So uh if he has no injuries then I'm not sure why he's like only being uh shoehorned into the I would say quote unquote not so important games. Like the recent game against uh I think Sevilla yeah so, exactly the, yeah, the al-
0: alarm bells were going off in my head when I saw him play close to 90 minutes I was like what what
1: yeah, is this yeah so so uh, honestly I'm not sure what's happening um, but what I would say is that hopefully we see Foden play in the World Cup and hopefully he does perform mm-hmm. or outperform what we expect of him eventually and hopefully um, after the World Cup he gets his spot back in the team la, because we know what Foden c- can do similar to Alvarez very tenacious and He's someone that um, has a spring to his step lah. Whenever he plays, very exciting player. So, yeah, man, Pascal, I, I, I really not sure why, but this, <laughs> thi, I think this is this is what I'm, I'm speculating lah. Like there could be something that we are not seeing la.
0: Let me let me pose another quandary to this Foden thing. We talked about perhaps there be, uh, there being some behind the scenes like like tiffs and riffs going on mm-hmm. but do you think it could be just Pep's way of reminding Foden like hey i know you're like beasting it but you know this is a uh, the way City is run is no one is like you know guaranteed that starting spot maybe like with the exception of Haaland now mm-hmm. do you think this is his way of just like telling Foden like hey like you're still young uh, even though you are becoming one of my main guys, I just want to remind you that you are sort of replaceable. It's kind of like a weird mm-hmm. pep, like, mind games with his own players kind of thing. Or do you think I'm just reading too much into this? Mm-hmm.
1: I think that's definitely a fair shot because, um, you know, this is just my own opinion, but I will say that, you know, Foden, it's, he's only like 22, still a very young player, mature- although he has won like a couple of titles, but he's still... Young and I think um, Pep is kind of doing this. Uh, I think Pep is trying to be more harsh on like the younger players, right? Because especially a player of Foden's quality, right? Because he doesn't want Foden to, he wants Foden to have a slice of humble pie, la, and kind of like mm. have that constant reminder that no matter how good you are, right, there's always more room for improvement. Like you cannot get over the top of your head, and like I think one prime example, right, is. Maybe okay I'm not calling this player out for fun la but it's. I think it's a good example like for n- nah, man. <laughs> <laughs> like 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 for, like, like, <laughs> like for example <laughs> like for example um a player like Mbappe right like right. like we all know that he has talent right but the thing is um sometimes the egos of players get too much over their head okay mm-hmm. i just remember a player like Pogba right he's mm-hmm. he's a player that has too much ego he thinks that he's too he's bigger than the club and like he doesn't want to pull pull his weight so I think because Foden does have that tendency that, right? that tendency a so I, bit, I, yeah. I, I I I, feel that you know Pep is trying to make sure that you know Foden is kept in check so you know it's kind of like a tough love from the dad to the son but it, it yep. but, he, but it's all all in like it's all in good it's, uh, it's more to yeah. show
0: like this is how much I rate you so I'm doing this yeah, so, like, you don't peak too early in yeah, a way. Yeah, it's kind of like, you know how Asian
1: parents scold you and, and forbid <laughs> you from doing stuff, but they'll be like. Pep's an Asian parent. You, it's like, you will
0: like thank me later. <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah. I really think that's the case. Eh. Like, he just has this. Like, I think he does it with, like, his centre backs as well. Like, no one is safe, you know.
1: Yeah, Kyle Walker, la. I think that's a and very. It takes very you good
0: when, Almost like when you are doing well, it's very bizarre, but I guess that's his. Way to keep everyone on their toes.
2: On their toes, but also the pep roulette is also a functional tool because, like, if you keep anybody off the pitch, like, on the bench too long, they may feel like they should just, just move on. Though, right? Yeah. right, so he just yeah, kind of yeah, like yeah. goes like, okay, you play three games, I don't care how good you are, the next three you're sitting out and someone else is going to come in just so that everyone gets gets a, kind it's of It's really time.
0: fascinating, actually.
2: But that's only it, because he has a team where... His oh, has is as strong as his his starting 100%. team yeah.
0: I, in many ways this reminds the closest sort of person I can think of who used to do this are both Fergie and Mourinho to an extent but Mourinho's was more Mourinho has like a very defined starting 11 he's done it with Chelsea he's done it at Inter he's done it at Real Madrid and now he's doing it at Roma it's very hard to break into his setup like he's a very trust based manager right? same with Klopp but there are times where you always need to bring the egos of these players down a peg. Like, I think Mourinho did it a few times with Ozil at Real Madrid. Like, Ozil would be beasting, and then he'd be like, Nah, 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 let me take you out of the firing line. Just to remind you that you're not the hot shit, lah. And I guess for some players, it could motivate them. For others, it could really mess with their heads and be like, What do I have to do to please this guy? And I think this is a tactic that probably only works at the best of the best because if let's say you're James Madison, right, and Brandon Rogers tells you, hey, like, you're playing really well but uh, it's time that I bench you for a bit. He's just going to go, bruh, what? <laughs> do you but you can't to afford to do that dedicated? at Leicester yeah, right <laughs> now. <laughs> exactly. You can't afford to sit out your best players. Unlike exactly. At you can't afford to like do that with your Zaha, your Madison, you know, like these guys, unfortunately, that's the level they're sort of at right now but yeah, I find this city like rotation thing very fascinating, but at the same time, um, from an outsider, a bit confusing and frustrating. But I guess that's that's for another day, like a more in-depth topic about like I guess player psychology. But yeah, very fascinating stuff. Um, and with that, right, that big result at the at Etihad, the we we let's transition directly to the game. That happened on Sunday. the The early kickoff on Sunday, um, which was Chelsea Arsenal, a bit more hype this week surrounding it. Uh, I think Chelsea Arsenal is always a fixture that, you know, gets the tempers and flares going. I guess because there's a, there's quite a strong rivalry there, but for some reason this time, like uh, Chelsea, this is the first time. Actually, that's incorrect. Chelsea have had a really torrid record against Arsenal of late. I think it's like the, they haven't won in the last five. Whereas their 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 record against Man United was draws all the way, right? But I think against Arsenal of late, they've just not beaten them home or away. I think the last big victory was Europa League final. And then maybe they won one more game in the league. But I don't know if you guys saw the game. It was um a mixture of Arsenal looking like I think this was in many ways their coming out party. Like they've not won anything yet. Like let's let's not get it twisted. But the manner in which they won, the manner in which they played, was very telling. And this was their first away win against the big boys, so they can't like, rivals can't use the excuse that they were just winning at at the Emirates, right? But um What are your some of your thoughts on Arsenal first and we can get into Chelsea in a bit? Yeah, I, I
1: did I did have a chat with my bro because unfortunately I didn't manage to catch the game. But I think
0: who has been MIA for a while. Yeah, yeah but
1: yeah but <laughs> Where <are> you were <laughs> Yeah but but I think he did Like did ask him like what was his opinion of the game. Then he just yeah. told me in one in one simple sentence he 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 said um uh it's it's a full-on display of two teams that are at different stages of progress. I think that mm-hmm. kind of like very well summarizes the game. Because honestly, um, Arsenal are flying at the moment, and Chelsea are just, you know, um, Meandering. bringing being brought being brought. They back are, to they earth, are in transition, guys. In transition, transition. <laughs> FC. <laughs> yeah. So um, honestly, I mean, I didn't manage to watch the game, but right. um, I mean, my my bro was like, uh, he was like, yeah, like um, he 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 kind of accepted the fact that you know, I think running away with a point uh, would be. Uh, more than enough because quote-unquote they are still a team in transition <laughs> so
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> that that's difficult though like um because the risk right if Chelsea don't make top 4 this year could be I'm not gonna say catastrophic but the domino effect would set them back even more like maybe another 2-3 years so they're gonna be in transition even more um but and they're just I not really th- used to that, are they? They're not. Yeah, really used I I just think it's a co- like I want to use the the Arsenal Chelsea fixture from last season. This was the second game of the campaign. This was Lukaku's debut, if you remember correctly. And just seeing the fortunes like completely turn, like, yes, this Arsenal team or the Arsenal team that played uh Chelsea last season was one that was patched together. Like, I think we had. Pablo Mari and Rob Holding in centre of defence um, and it's just it's just night and day and Chelsea were still coming off like their European Champions League like the not European Champions League UEFA Champions League victory so it's just crazy to me how things have changed so much in just like little over a year and this Chelsea team like when I looked at it 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 we've talked about Reese James many times on FKB and they are just not a very good team. They can't play like this wingback system without Reese James. There's no one else that can play his role. I think Chilwell is a big miss as well, but he's proving to be a bit of a liability when it comes to staying fit, as harsh as that may sound. I mm-hmm. thought Kukurella, the big money signing, was absolutely taken to the cleaners by Saka. Um, and... That's why I keep saying football, man. The narrative changes so quickly in a year. And when you look at Chelsea, right, they are attacking options. They had Kai Havertz, who once again, I'm going to say, hasn't convinced me. Um, and he's known to be a big game player, right, but was nowhere to be found in this big game. Um, Sterling as well has not kicked on. And I don't want to blame Sterling f- squarely for this because... He's had to deal with two managers. Potter's not the one who brought him in. And he's being played in like... A different position every week, it seems. So, Sterling, I feel like, yes, he should be doing a lot better. But I'm going to give him a bit more time and give Potter a bit more time to figure it out. Because right now, it just doesn't seem like Graham Potter knows what he wants. And yes, you have to experiment. But unfortunately for Chelsea and him, he's forced to experiment while the season has already begun. And I think that's with that defeat now, Chelsea are winless in the league in four. um, And they are only, what, two points above Liverpool, who everyone, and myself included, have said have had a horrendous season so far, right? But when you look at the points gap, it's really... It puts a lot of things into perspective, so... Um, I know I wanted to talk about Arsenal first, but we ended up talking about Chelsea anyway. Um, yeah, Chelsea are a bit of a mixed bag now, and it doesn't get any easier. They play a very informed Newcastle next week before the World Cup break. And when you see like the key signings, like Koulibaly on the bench, right, it's a bit... If I was a Chelsea fan, I'd be a bit worried because then that shows me that the new signings that we've bought in this transition phase... Aren't really like key personnel that Porter is relying on. Yeah, but, but that's
2: because he didn't. He didn't bring them in, right?
0: Exactly, but isn't that troubling for you as like a? Imagine if um Ten Hag came in to to Man United like ten games into the season, right? And he has all these new signings, and then if he if he sort of doesn't vibe with them or doesn't think they are what he wants then you have to spend another two windows getting in the proper personnel, getting rid, potentially, of the guys you brought in. Like we look at Dennis Zakaria, Potter, like, didn't give him a look in pretty much up till their final UCL game. So, just, I don't know, man. I think he needs to really maximise the time he has during the World Cup break. He's got, he's probably going to be the bu- the busiest of the big six managers during the break just because he'll want to come to grips with everyone he has at his disposal and also he'll start to fine-tune who he doesn't see in his plans.
2: At the same time, I think he also needs to find a system, you know. like It's looking like his current system is not really fitting the Chelsea players. So it's either the players kind of force themselves to adapt to what the coach wants, which is always the most preferred choice, but you have to also look at the actual people you have right now, right? So you have to play to their strengths sometimes, and I think he he's kind of forcing. Like we we said it a couple of times, right? Having Sterling playing on at his right wing back, that's a bit weird, and it's just not really playing to the strengths of Sterling, which we definitely want to see much higher up the pitch, and and taking on players uh in like the wing position. So having him play. A little bit of a defensive role and tracking back has never been in Sterling's game, I feel. So For sure. In that case, um, yeah, I think that's that's one of the things. But it's it's also it comes down to individuals also. I I feel like a lot of them have just started they're just underperforming individually as well. Like I'm not a big fan of Ruben Loftus chick, but you know
0: I still don't know what he does, man, like but the fact that Tuchel and now Graham Potter seem to <laughs> He's a bit of a utility him. man, I feel. But
2: yeah, but he doesn't have like any mm. specific skill sets that are very desirable. Besides like, mm. okay, he's tall. Yeah, he's like no, he can win balls, so yeah. sort of yeah. No, and reman- his passing yeah. is not too bad. You know yeah. remind you
1: he reminds me of um Wan Bisaka in United. Like he's kind of like a very traditional kind of like uh uh player. But honestly I feel that Loftus Shake suits the he suits playing as I think the time I did see him as like playing as a one of the three uh center backs in a back five. He did pretty well because I I would say of his size he's a pretty tall guy, very strong guy. But in midfield he looks like he looks like a ghost man. Like he doesn't really know how to navigate the midfield. And I think um I would say that Chelsea also they kind of okay apart from Porter having to still find who his best his best eleven are. I kind of have to say that um, on paper, right, Chelsea's midfield is kind of like in the same situation as Liverpool's midfield. Um, hon- honestly, I feel that Liverpool's midfield individually, they are really, uh, some of them are really good like Thiago. But I'll say that for Chelsea's... <laughs> yeah, Thiago
0: yeah, was shit against Spurs, bro. Yeah, but, <laughs> but, but, but I'll say that
1: individually, <laughs> the quality of the players in the midfield, I'll say that Liverpool have better quality. But mm-hmm. for Chelsea's case, it's like they are they are midfielders, uh, Ever since they they lost Kante to like mm-hmm. you know age, right? They never really basket. <laughs> H. Yeah, they never really found someone who who could you know be that linchpin. In I midfield. mean, he's
0: so hard to replace. He's so so hard to replace. But um, yeah, yeah they 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 this also boils down to like them having what three managers yeah. in the span of like what three and a half seasons. So you. Like every time, like a player seems to get comfortable with the new system. Like in Lampard's case, he got capped, and then Tuchel comes in, and then Tuchel has like what six games into the season, or maybe even less, and he's gone. So, whatever was worked on in like the summer is out the window. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just like a constant. We I mean we joke about the transition thing, but it's literally becoming like just a cop out. It's it's and it's it's not it's not the fault of. Any of the Chelsea players, it's just the way, like you know, with the Abramovich having to like sell the club, they, and with the transfer ban a couple years ago, they just feel like in a perpetual state of fixing things. And when you know your three big money like attackers, Harvard's Werner, and Lukaku come in, right? Those three are supposed to be the players that really. You don't you don't expect them to stay for like a year or like a year and a half and bounce like these are guys you want to build your team around but it's not worked out for any of them. Werner's left, Lukaku's left, and Havertz still is lacks the consistency and much of that is down to like I guess managers just not really knowing how to get the best out of him and yeah man when it comes to Chelsea I think. Um, this is actually going to be a rare occasion where I, I try to defend them and make sense of it because I think a lot has been made about Liverpool's injury problems, right? Like Liverpool losing Jota and Diaz and our midfield being splintered throughout the season our centre-backs being injured. But Chelsea, right, I, I pointed to this earlier, losing Chilwell and Reese James, big, big misses. Um, there are questions over... How many games Thiago Silva can play consistently? Same can be said for Aspillita. Kante is a big, big uh, miss for them. And when you look further up the field, right, you have the likes of Ziyech and Pulisic, who are very much, you know, constantly being talked about in 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 um capacity where they're going to leave the club. Broya as well seems like someone who. Tuchel and Porter know that he's good, but yet don't really feel comfortable in giving him that role right away. So I really don't know what the solution is for them. Like, do they just kind of damage control until like the big fullbacks are back or the, the big key players are back, or do they reinvest heavily once again in January? Like for Fana as well, big money transfer. Has been struggling a bit since he came to the side, so I think we also do have to take their sort of issues with a, with a grain of salt. But uh, what I what I saw on the pitch against Arsenal, bring it back to the game, um, was a far cry from the swash, not swashbuckling, but like the Chelsea at their best. Chelsea at their best, like the last few years, I identify as a very cohesive defensive unit. And able to just do damage at the other end of the pitch. So, yeah, I, I'm a bit lost for words as to what their goals are for the remainder of the season.
2: I wouldn't be too worried. I think I'm just looking again at their team. In I mean, they have had a couple of bad injuries and stuff, but aside from that, their team is still pretty good. It just it just needs some of the players to step up Would you up say a missing out of the
0: top four is a disaster for Chelsea?
2: Um, it's just. It's, yeah, it has to be because they're just so not used to being out of the top four and no one expected them to. For, so for them to be out of it would be, um, I think, unexpected. And and if that's the case, then I don't think it would be good. Like they did spend considerable money, not just in this window, but in previous windows like you mentioned. So with all that kind of, yeah, it didn't work out, but that's still just because... They've had bad investments in terms of into players, like um, they didn't handle the situations well and stuff like that. So in that kind of scenario, um, Chelsea really can't afford to. And I think the stature of their club as it has been in the past few years, it would be quite disastrous for them. Mm-hmm. I mean, unlike United, who we have seen the decline happening over time, it became quite um apparent that if we could get into top four that would be great but we've also been in europa quite a, f- a number of times as well um liverpool before they went into this um like dominant era was also in around the, the five six seven spots so for us like we we know what it's like i think if we saw like a city or a chelsea drop out of the top four, that's quite disastrous from for, from my perspective la. yeah uh, so in that case, but okay. Before we move on, right? I think we have to, and a good transition would be talk about the player who was formerly from Arsenal and how he kind of ghosted in this match, which is Alba. I mean, I'm <laughs> not
0: shocked at all. A lot of people were saying that Alba was potentially the guy who to uh, upset Arsenal, right? But. And to be fair, he... I he was hoping he would do the... what's Like uh, a backflip or a somersault over <laughs> Arteta, right? That <They> <laughs> guy who
2: was classic... Um, what was his name? Played for City and... Uh, no, and he Debaio? Debaio Debaio Debaio. <laughs> <laughs> ran... And he ran the whole of length of the field. Yeah, but I,
0: Al- <laughs> Alba, I think, still has a lot of love for Arsenal. It's just him and Arteta didn't see eye to eye, but... I've yeah, not he been. does a backflip Im- in front of Arteta. Yeah, I've not, <laughs> I've not been too, like, sold on him in a Chelsea shirt, you know, like... Yeah, he's been scoring goals, but I think he's normal Sounds bar. very hypocritical of me because what what else can you do, right? But I feel like the goals he scored haven't been particularly like clutch or um, game changing, in a way. Like I, I, I don't know. I still think Alba is not someone to take Chelsea forward into the future, especially remembering that this was Tuchel's kind of... I do feel like it was an impulse signing from Tuchel. Um, they needed a striker. He's worked with Aubameyang before, so it felt like it made sense on paper. But now Graham Potter coming in, he might not s- value Aubameyang the same way, so more problems for chelsea more like transitional players to sort of think about and uh, another talking point about the game besides obama young was um what's his face gabriel (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) gabriel 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 (laughs) (laughs) that's (laughs) <laughs> that, that's <laughs> something we've not seen in Arsenal for a while. Like that the sort of bento. shithousery, <laughs> that nasty side to them. Um which was very typified by Gabriel and Jaca, and I would say. They had that bite about them. Um which is further evolution of, of this Arsenal side, right? But um Yeah, I, I think Yeah, I think I, I think another I think another thing
1: uh we have to mention is I think nearing the end of the game, right when uh, Arsenal was still in the lead, I think there was a a little kerfuffle, which involved Jaka, but you know was it
0: with uh, Chaloba? Yeah, and Kovačić. Mm-hmm,
1: yeah, and you know usually in that kind of scenarios, right, in the past as proven in the past, Jaka would like. Start to get the his guys hands all though. dirty <laughs> and, and start brawling, right? But he's you know, become sentient. Yeah, he's he become the guy. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. Become sentient. He has become composed. Like he's really acting like a senior figure in the team. Like you know, usually uh, people, Whenever such a thing happened and Jaka is involved, people, Arsenal fans will be like, "Oh my goodness, is is this gonna be another red card?" But you know, the man held his self together and he was I think he kind of like just shrugged it off and like he was like hyping the fans up but yeah but you know <laughs> I think this I think credit goes to Jaka I mean last week we did mention I think Cash mentioned that um you know Jaka is a player that definitely should be in uh, should be under the under like we should be seeing praises of him because of how much he has transformed as a player so I think this is
0: another moment in the game that you know kind of the de- sees it all up uh, oh for sure Mm -hmm. and another player who I think has transformed Arsenal big time and was not only my man of the match but I think the consensus man of the match for the Chelsea Arsenal is it Thomas Partey William Saliba oh yeah man Partey was great too but William Saliba there was something about him man like I likened him to um, Van Dyke for recent memory but he really like I was getting major like real Ferdinand flashbacks Just how calm he was, how physical he was, and Chelsea just didn't have a sniff. And hindsight, twenty twenty, like man, it it took Arsenal a while to get him playing, but when he finally came through and squashed whatever beef he had with Arteta, I stand by that this might be the signing. Well, it's not exactly signing of the summer because he was signed like two years ago, right? But he might be the addition of the summer. He's made Gabriel, who is a bit, um, I'd say he has lapses in concentration, but he's just brought this stability to the Arsenal back line. He makes Ramsdale a better keeper. And I'm excited to see how he performs at the World Cup for France because now if Varane is really as hurt as as reports suggest he is, right? And I I believe we might have lost another centre-back. Kind of, can't think of it at the moment, but a uh, defense of Saliba and perhaps like Koundé. Oh my goodness, what a what a pairing! And you still have like Konate, who I'm gonna talk about in glowing detail later. <laughs> but man, that France defense is stacked. Um, but yeah, man. Basically, like long story short, a lot of the Arsenal players who were underperforming have all decided to step up, kind of, <laughs> and collectively. And, and I like and I'll say that you know,
1: speaking of s- stepping up, As Aston Villa, man. <laughs>
0: the ultimate uh, new manager bounce came into full effect man and I think like I turned on the telly and I was I saw uh, uh, was it wasn't Jacob Ramsey right it was who the heck scored the opening goal was it Bailey correct Yeah, what a finish what a finish man Jacob Ramsey uh, made that goal I think it's a bit early to say but it seems like the shackles of this Villa side were definitely off in that game. Like they have so many attacking, talented attacking players. You think Bailey Bondia, um, even Watkins to an extent. So hardworking, Luca Dean from from fullback. So so talented on his day, and it just seemed like the players finally, after a long long time, played with like a, a gusto about them, and United just couldn't cope. I think it was like. 2-0 inside 10 minutes. Yeah. You um, talk about the free kick, right? Like, no keeper on earth would have saved that free kick, but it was the decisions that led to the foul being given away. I think Martinez slipped. One of the rare games where he's not really been at it. I think he's also been a yeah, phenomenal player. this a season. Yeah. yeah, he's been a great player for you guys. Um, very similar to what Saliba has been for Arsenal. But he was caught a bit cold. Um, he, he will outpace for Bailey, which... You know Bailey will do that to most players when given the chance, and he got caught on the ball, or sort of slipped, and Shaw had to sort of double down on on the on the on the foul, and ultimately that led to a goal. But I think it's one occasion where no one is particularly railing on United because I don't think they were that poor. I just think they were out by a. Uh, a villa side riding like a a high you would never believe
2: manager bounce
0: mm-hmm. it's not just that it's it's like almost like I don't know what emery told him in the <laughs> in like the back, but he he just it's almost like he waved the, a magic wand and suddenly all their like stressors had had just come undone in many ways like it maybe he's just like play like you're playing on a playground or something and Actually, Suddenly, what, Watkins is doing, like, step overs, <laughs> and, like, it's, it was very interesting to see. I like that you
2: raised that up, because if you think about it, right, if any manager just comes into a team, there's no way he can implement his, what he wants straight away, right? There's just no chance, like, um, you come in, and then you only have, like, a week, was it, with, with, the, with the guys? The most you can say is, hi, yeah. guys, yeah. I'm your new boss. Good so evening, So, for this week, <laughs> good, good evening, guys. Tonight, we are going to be playing against Ben United. Just like go out and play for your spots almost like I'm just gonna start with starting 11 and you have to show me what you guys can do Mm. right I think that's the kind of thing and that's what they did they just it was like an audition right yeah right everyone's just like I'm just gonna do take-ons today Uh, like you know I'm gonna I'm gonna try to like get myself in a position and get myself a, a shot so they were all really tenacious I think more than usual and it's not like you have to worry about playing in the system. You'll just be like, I'm just going to start running and asking for the ball and get into spaces. And and that fast start was incredibly quick. I think, if anything, right, that has just made me realise that as a manager, you should always just ask your team to hit the ground running from the start. Just, like, go out and blip. Catch Try and catch more teams cold, right? Right. Like, United team couldn't even... I feel like their legs weren't even warmed up. And when Bailey was sprinting, it's just like, I haven't even done a, a sprint yet and now I have to try to catch this guy impossible mm. yeah and then a couple more attacks and your team is still kind of getting haven't really found their shape yet and then you're 2-0 down within like 10 minutes
0: it's it's immediately it's like oh now I have to fight back and I, I think the timing th- of the goals in this game was so crucial because um that, that the goal you guys put back right the own right. goal was really out of nothing but I always maintain, man, you don't shoot, you don't score. So credit to Luke Shaw for that. But then after like halftime team talk, you think Villa might be a bit wobbly because, you know, all those doubts might start creeping back into their heads. But
2: And let's try to hold on to this
0: 1-0 lead. Exactly. So, and that's another credit to um, Unai Emery again because he probably just said, guys, like, alright, uh, unfortunate goal to concede but we've been on top this half. Let's go out and, and continue where we left off and the game was pretty much done uh like three or four minutes into the second half because yep, Villa they just, like, just blitzed them again. <laughs> they blitzed them again, correct. They they called United cold again. United were given a lifeline, but uh I think from minute ten you could always sense that this was gonna be one of those games that would just ebb away, you know. You you sometimes you just have to concede that the your right your opponent or the quote unquote lesser side deserves the win at the end of the day.
2: Yeah. And but I think it also has to do with a little bit of the personnel, like, um, mm-hmm. not to to call him out, but I think he's, he's just a little bit rusty, Donny Van der Beek. Um, yeah. Can't and it kind of showed... Baby. Yeah, he, he really can't. Like, it's really unfortunate because he... I couldn't see any other way from, for him to get into this team um, besides, like, a Bruno injury or a Bruno suspension, you know? And that was what happened. And so... Because of the suspension from the previous... Uh, I think he got, like, enough yellow cards and stuff. He... um, Yeah, the, the boss, Ten uh, Hag decided to pick him in front of, like, the usual, like, Fred or McTominay. And so he was given his chance, but after looking at that performance and just feeling like I think he hasn't played in, with, in this role enough, he feels kind of lost. He was kind of... He mm. wasn't being able to dictate... Which is what you wanted. Like which is what Bruno kind of does. Yes, he has his his off games a lot. But that's Bruno. He will be like in out of position. But once he gets on the ball, you know he's he tries to start things. And we didn't really have that. The game felt very laboured for United. Um you did have like Ericsson on the ball, but he was like just moving it around. I felt like we weren't very dangerous. And I think the stat was that we barely even got a shot in the second half. Not even talking about like shots on target. I don't think I think
0: maybe at most we had like one. Uh, like shot So Maybe it was a bit of the hangover From the Real Sociedad game You know Like not an easy fixture to play um, I know you guys shuffled the pack But What what was your decision Or what was not your decision What was your thoughts on like Garnacho starting His first Prem game I, oh I yeah. was a bit surprised by that call I know you scored but I don't know about that one man
2: Um, Anthony's out Injured mm-hmm. for a while um, I <laughs> Too much spinning <laughs> Uh. I, I think Sancho is still ill if I'm not wrong. So then the only other person for that position would be um Ilanga I think. So that was the what most I think pandas were also sure. saying like oh you wanna, okay.
0: You, you want to strike while the iron's hot right like he just scored he's on a high but
2: I mean again just mm. like the Van Der Beek, uh situation I mean um the coach decides okay I'm going to give you a chance and I think this is fair you know mm-hmm. um for for coaches to feel like uh, Villa is not a uh, known disrespect, not uh, the traditional big teams. They weren't really in, like, super good form either. So you would feel like it's a pretty safe game to kind of give a start to a promising youngster who has shown just recently that he's um, capable. The that game was really good for Granacho. So um, if I was the coach and, like you mentioned, if it was my decision, I would have done likewise as well, I think. I would have given him a start. I probably would have taken him off earlier. When I realized that he was actually quite ineffective, um, he, yes, he's a bit of an outlet because he would do take ons, but, um, we weren't moving. Hi- the whole team wasn't moving higher up the pitch enough to support him, um, and and Ronaldo was kind of ineffective in this game as well. He was, um, getting knocked around. Uh, and he wasn't... He was just kind of like... Man was... Man was, just was down whining to la. <laughs> scrap. Man was
0: down to scrap, dude. Uh,
2: yeah. And that's where you realise, like, okay, we needed a bit more from the bench. Um, I think it was good to see Martial come back on for, like, uh, a while, but... Yeah, he... I think, eventually... This is one of those games where I'm not too worried about. Yes, I think we have to give mm-hmm. credit that Villa did very well. And um, it's just one we just chalk off and, 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 yeah. It doesn't really... It's not something that worries me so much. I've been and there, buddy. I've yeah. been there. And looking at other games, uh, and the general form, I think we could say like, okay, just give Villa the the win they deserved it, and yeah, uh, that's that's all right.
0: I guess mm. in some ways, the the positive for you would be that Spurs, who are currently fourth, lost, uh, which mm. we'll get to like in in a minute. Um, and then also Chelsea, who are kind of where united are right like i would say based on form right now in the league you have city and arsenal and like their own little like club you have newcastle yep, starting like, to look like a two yeah uh, who are you know still we're still waiting to see if they can like continue to kick on um obviously like they are the form club right now based on goal scored and and just overall play but and I they got I another impressive
2: win, right? This oh yeah yeah Almiron yeah, is like got well, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Almiron
0: Almiron 22, 23 <laughs> season will go down in folklore as one of the if he does not kick on next season will be one of the the one hit wonders on of all time. <laughs> uh, oh Brighton are
2: looking like another good team also.
0: Brighton are like such a troll team, dude. Bright you Brighton I feel like they have never really been like crap. Far from it, but I never quite know what level of Brighton I'm gonna get. If that I think it's sense. because a
2: couple of players are, are are performing better than expected. Players like Chrsad, Gross as well. Where did
0: Lalana come from? <laughs> he That's came from Liverpool. Of his <laughs> <life>. like, <laughs> he came of his life, dude. I thought he was like a coach now or something. <laughs> Man, his fitness is still good and his feet is still fast. L- 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 Lalana is the kind of guy who you you can't play him like you have you' to played like one time every five games because <laughs> he's just that fragile, true, glass ankles and glass everything,
2: but yeah, I mean yeah l- just like you mentioned, um looking at the that the teams around united have drop points as well is mm-hmm. is the only kind of encouragement um besides that, yeah, i think uh yeah, not better, yeah.
0: no ah, but but good on you for taking like the the defeat like and not not pushing the panic button because some people would see like 3-1 to villa and start freaking out but i think context is very important like i feel like it's it's a blip like no one but city or liverpool when they get on their rolls are immune to the odd defeat you know it's bound to happen we've seen it with like chelsea we've seen it with spurs so yeah i wouldn't think i wouldn't uh worry too yeah, much. Yeah, and about this just this like setback. with
2: every other team that that's also playing uh in Europe as well, it's quite tiring. Like Villa yep. is obviously not so they they're they're still quite fresh, but yep, yep. yeah, teams that are especially like United, we just had a game uh, against that it's it's starting to to show on some of the plays. They're looking a little bit leggy to me. Slightly It's also showing on the
0: injury table, right? You just mentioned yeah. like uh, like uh Anthony and, and uh Sancho were missing, Varane missing as well, so um, tis the season to start heavily rotating the pack if you have th- if you have the, you have the means <laughs> exactly and not quite the segue I wanted to to go for but uh, one team that has somewhat uh or actually two teams that are sort of um, dealing with key inju- key injuries to like key players right now are Spurs and Liverpool um, obviously like starting with Spurs Son has not been at his best, far from it this year, but I think he would have really flourished against Liverpool at home. So when I saw that he was missing the game, there was like a quiet, like, fist bump because he's been a scourge to Liverpool the last few seasons, as has Kane, and of course Kane scored against us, but um, what can I say, guys? Liverpool, like, probably the worst team to, like, make predictions or bet on right now because you don't know what the hell you're going to get, man. You really mm. don't Yeah But I mean How much Like y'all really
2: needed this right This oh, was big like Big time dude Big time Y'all were kind of like On a bit of a
0: What was the last few results for We had lost two in a row Yeah we lost This would have been bad And if we it. had lost the leads And we had not won a game away from home All season In the mm. Prem lah of course We beat like Rangers and IX, But yeah, <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know how legit that is Uh, but I mean I gotta say I I was going into this game not confident Um, that's just the truth wouldn't blame you (laughs) yeah not not confident even though we had like beat Napoli and all that Um, the only thing giving me sort of a glimmer of hope was that Spurs themselves were struggling Um, and in the first half this was one of the best halves I've seen Liverpool play all season Um, but I think a lot of that had to do with Spurs just not really getting into the game. For some reason, Spurs just seem to only switch on when the 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 sort of um odds are really stacked against them. Granted, yes, they they came really close, they hit the bar a few times, but I think first half, I, I don't think Allison had much to do, man. But mm. but
1: dude, come on. Speaking of Allison, man, what was he doing? Oh, then? bro, like he was <laughs> like he was th- he was
0: thinking of pizza. She <laughs> not like I don't know, dude. Like was on crack or something, man. Like I was screaming at my TV because there were so many times where he, yeah, almost got his pocket picked by Kane. I'm I'm just like how what is going on? Like how, <laughs> the last thing we need right now is to like get another nonsense goal like against Leeds so yeah he was. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you not he, his best game but yeah, he fortunately was, he, he wasn't was, punished
1: he was trying to be cheeky and it's he's, he's not just a one-off thing eh. I think it happened like oh, dude, twice he, he or he was thrice. very
0: shaky yeah he was very shaky this game and a lot of it was avoidable mm-hmm. like I saw like half the thing half the issues Liverpool had in this game were, were caused while were our own like doing um You even talk about the Cancelo, like, red card and penalty, right? Like, Mm -hmm. there was a couple of times Trent got very lucky. Very lucky boy. You even texted me about it. I think my my response was, initially, I didn't think it was. But after looking at the replays, I was like, man, he got away with that one. And he did it again. Yeah, man. (laughs) Twice, bro. (laughs) Yeah,
1: but but speaking of Trent, right, you know how how this season he has been getting a lot of it was so obvious
0: yeah. Spurs were really targeting that, that yeah. left side man Sessegnon if if Sessegnon was Son or if um like Perisic was or, or like Richarlison right either one yeah yeah yeah, 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 man. yeah like if there was someone of higher quality testing trend than Konate who, I mean Konate had a brilliant game but he yep. also just came back from injury could have been a a much different score I like <laughs> Both teams were just targeting the right side of oh sorry, the Le- the left. The left uh. Uh, yeah, they were just going down the left very heavily. Like Liverpool had Darwin versus Emerson Royale several times in that first half.
1: Oh but uh, but I, I would say that, you know, apart from Trent, you know,
0: Royal is also another one. Very, very sus. Like Bro, I mean we, yeah. we had a whole segment about this in our uh, frauds of the season and it just he was giving me a bit of hope at the start of the season that he had improved but it just seems like he's regressed again
1: yeah I remember I remember you texted and you were saying like I'm not I'm not sure whether like uh, both right backs are trying to compete to
0: see who's the worst (laughs) like straight up dude like like even Emerson is someone who I would associate with being rather quick and offensively quite dangerous but against us right he just was getting out Okay, Nunes is rapid, like, but he was getting like wrecked by Nunes and um, Salah whenever he drifted out. Robertson as well was like more adventurous because he knew that um, Royal was there for the taking. Mm-hmm. And then some of the crossing from Emerson was just. Well, like, that was so poor, man. Yeah, I I, bro, I, I like, know exactly. He's just what I'm Blasting about. it to like Rose it. Yeah. <laughs>
3: like
1: like I, as, like some moments in time, I I saw Eric Dyer trying to do Royal's job. Like, that was how, like, poorly
0: Emerson Royal was playing. I don't know if he comes back after this, eh. Like, because Spurs have Matt Doherty, right, who himself isn't, you know, that solid of a attacking or defensive option, but Emerson really showed a lot of deficiencies in that game, man. And there's a reason why he got hooked off after, like, 60, 65 minutes, which I'm honestly, like, that that should have happened a lot earlier in my opinion but uh, yeah man it was really uh, a game chock full of mistakes both sides were very nervy um, a lot of very basic errors and a lot of them went unpunished fortunately so yeah, it was a bizarre game but one that I'm just glad we got the three points and got the hell out of like London because on another day like it could have so easily um, gone very horribly for us
1: yeah, but I like I kind of like what you said about you know Spurs only like getting into the game or or like starting their game at like the forty fifth minute. Like, yeah, I think Spurs Spurs. I think a lot of uh, I I do see a lot of uh, feedback from the fans on social media. They are slightly unhappy with Conte's how Conte plays the game because like, Spurs seems to only get into gear after the 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 second half starts. Like, another thing is like. You know what with Spurs' formation, man, it's like a eight one one. Like whenever, like whenever I see Harry Kane, like um <laughs> Harry Kane charging forward, right? I only, I, I don't see anyone else around him, apart from Perisic who is trying. But we know that Perisic is not like a a centre forward, right? So it, it it's kind of it's kind of sad to see how Spurs are doing at the moment because they have it's like a toothless team la. It's like a toothless team who are trying to just find Kane at the end. At the end of um, Like a cross I mean it pass. says a lot
0: When one of their top scorers Is Hoiber man Who's shape, like Cracking been long th- shots But yeah, he's hoi- also
2: been One of the few who, Who's pushed up Like to try to support The attack I think but besides What does him, that sort of it. say About
0: <laughs> <laughs> their shape If you're like Holding slash box to box Is the one who Is feeding mm-hmm. off All the scraps From like Kane You know like
1: Yeah man But but I think Pascal can agree that the moment I think the, the, the moment that changed the game was when they brought on Kuluski.
0: <laughs> Bro, when <laughs> I saw him warming up, I instantly knew like this is a danger man. And within like literally like a minute or two minutes he was already he I think he gave the assist for Kane's goal. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, at at 2 1 I was like very worried because up to that point it was all Spurs. I don't think Liverpool. I think Liverpool had maybe one one good chance in the second half. Uh, apart from that, it was all half chances. A lot of really dumb decision making. Like, um, like I I I really like Nunes because he's like a firecracker. He's like this wild card. But some of his decision making is really like. I I don't understand, bro. He's like. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think I, I, I cannot see. explain yeah. it. Like. There was one we laughed about was he was at the byline, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he had, he had uh, Emerson and Dyer, Dyer right? in yeah. front of him. I know that Dyer is not the quickest guy in the world, but you're asking a lot of yourself to beat two players, get to the byline, and still take a shot, which is exactly what Darwin did. So He's either extremely confident or just extremely like dumb.
1: Yeah, but I think, you know... I'm still um, on the fence. Yeah,
0: you know the game that I
1: was watching, right? I think Gary Neville was... I'm not sure you, you had the same game on, but Gary Neville was the commentator. And he said something that is very true. Like, he said that Nunes was still raw. and Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, and, and like yeah. he doesn't know when to to shoot, when to pass. Okay, but all the time now, he's just shooting. La. So he doesn't really know when is the time to pass. And I think another instance of this that I can clearly recall was against Man City like Ooh, when, when like two when, or three instances yeah, against Man City
0: yeah there were three there were three
1: uh, Liverpool players and one I think only one City defender and he decided to shoot so like mm. I think it's the same situation as this like you can I think he's trying to be a little bit selfish but you can see that he's hungry to get a goals. but you know sometimes you have to be a team player man you just can't be shooting and trying to score goals all by yourself when you know Spurs could just you know being just one goal behind could could get a draw or even you know capitalize on the situation and beat Liverpool because we like you said now, that could have happened on a different day you know if Son was playing For if, sure. if Richarlison was playing or, or even if kuluf was playing so yeah man
0: do, so, do you think Darwin's sort of like decision making boils down to him wanting to prove to like the critics and doubters that he is like of the quality we expected when Liverpool shelled out all that money. Because, like, he's not dumb, right? He's. Oh, I yeah, mean, I just said he's dumb, but he's well, not <laughs> oblivious. Like, he knows that people are talking. He knows that there's a lot of sort of eyes on him, right? So perhaps him being like this 23 year old, he's just trying a bit too hard. That's sometimes the vibe I get. I'm just like, dude, take it down a notch. Like, you don't have to do everything at full pelt. Like, look up, look at your teammates, look for the space around you because the opening goal, right, w- that's exactly what I'm hoping to see out of him, like, link up with Salah because mm-hmm. he's done it, like, I think two or three times already where when he looks up, when he's calm, he picks Salah out and they 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 do really good work together, so I, I agree with him, lo- like, the, the rawness of his, like, talent. He's He's got something there, like, he does very difficult things well, but it's the it's the more routine, simple things like your your layoffs or your decision-making. Like, you know, if the option isn't on to dribble, cut it back, keep the ball. It's those little things that he's lacking right now. So I, I'm really excited to see his development, but as of right now, uh, some of the choices really just leave me scratching my head.
2: I'm just wondering why he doesn't want to to become a bit more like Firmino and I think the idea behind this is that um, it could be I don't know who's talking to him but it could be the fact that people are really telling him like we don't want you to become like Firmino you know we want you to be a goal scorer and people are comparing him to Haaland and so he knows that actually his at the end of the day the only stat that really matters um, in his position is his goal tally. So with that being the case, it could really be a, um the situation where he feels like even though there is the option to lay it off mm-hmm. to someone in a better position, he needs to go for goal if he feels like he has any sort of chance to score. Because at the end of the day, if he gets like a lot of assists but no goals, he may feel that um people may just not rate him as a striker. He may not... 100%. Yeah. I really
0: think that's weighing on him. But that's when it's important for someone like Klopp to, you know, remind him that just be a team player right not just not just, just be a team player but remind him of his strengths remind him that he has faith in him like you know like you don't need to like prove anything to all the fans right now like all I want you to do is grow as a player get on the same wave. Like because when you have Salah on your team right I mean this guy has bailed us out so many times and I know like there's a lot of talk about him taking it easy after the contract which i is kind of horseshit la like salah is just a perfectionist right sometimes to his own detriment but i think when you have a focal point like salah like use him let him score the goals like i'm not telling darwin to like not score because he has it's in his dna it's in his blood to like be a, a poacher and, and want to score goals right but he has the thing of the big picture like Develop your game, become more of an all-round player because there's there's no need for us to have two like focal points right now. Like yes, there will be a time when Nunes' aerial threat and, and more directness or his his um physicality will be more like of use than Salah. But right now Salah is in good goal scoring form. Let him lead the way because Salah, when presented with the opportunity, will bring you into the game as well. So what I'm hoping for is to see a real um, relationship between the two, like, come to fall. Because I think if these two get on the same page and start really looking for each other when making decisions, they they could be, like, a new dynamic duo, duo in many ways.
2: I think that's where it has affected you guys a lot. Because I was starting to see that partnership happen with Diaz like, Nunez and Diaz was, was starting to form this really good partnership before Diaz got injured. Um, and I think that's what has affected them a lot because he was quite reliant. Like, Diaz, we know that he can cut in and shoot. Um, mm-hmm. But he also tends to have this really good habit of trying to look up for uh, the people in the box. And if you're looking for someone in the box, Nunez is the obvious target. He's got the height, he's got the ability, um, and he's got a pretty good touch. So... He's. I think there were a couple times where their link up play was really good, and that's where I feel like now it's just about um trying to like nurture that same kind of relationship, but with other players. And the one Build that I was hoping right? exactly, and there are some players that I was I was also like hoping that we see more. of But I think I think I'm not sure what's the situation with like Jota, but I was thinking someone mm. like him would be a very good fit because. He has that ability to get into the spaces, and then, um, if he creates the space, then he can always lay the ball off for someone who is, uh, in in the box, which is where Nunes finds himself quite a lot of times. So, yeah, I just I don't know really what happened to, to Jota. He's just not really in the pecking order, or he. Oh no, Jota! Injured?
0: Jota got a bad injury against oh, City. Oh okay. Yeah, so it's been frustrating for Jota. Like he came back after a long layoff. Played, I think. Hey, I said long lay. Uh, he came back after a long layoff. Um, had like two games. I think one was against Rangers where he got like three assists and then the City game where he, I thought he had a really good game but unfortunately, like I think the last minute, he pulled up um, with like a, like a muscle injury. So he's out of the World Cup as well. Oh, that's bad. Yeah, so that's why I was like losing Diaz and Jota back-to-back was such a blow but um, the silver lining is that I do kind of like Darwin on that left um, with Firmino and Salah. So, um, we do we do have only have one game left, so against Southampton, I fully expect us to line up with the, the three of them again, and hopefully Darwin shows, not just me, but the rest of the Liverpool fans that he is capable of using that talent he has, which we've seen, but also add another dimension to it and not just be like this braindead volley merchant, you know, like, let's look up, <laughs> really. If I was Klopp, I would just tell Darwin, just look up. And suddenly you have like a world of alternatives. Like, Robertson and him, I think, could be good. Robertson looks like he's coming back to his best. Um, And, and Salah, you know, when he's on song, uh, you always have a chance. But uh, I think, Lionel, you wanted to mention mm-hmm. something about Salah?
1: Yeah, I, I think as much as we are kind of uh putting... Darwin Nunes under the microscope I think we have to acknowledge that Salah is getting back his form um, you know when, when I saw the game um, Salah's goals right uh, both goals they looked really good like especially the first goal when he just did a light touch so to the ball yeah, he, and it he shooting. made it look so easy but yeah, that, man. That, that skill man not easy at all yeah man Lor- Loris was like rooted to the spot Yeah, and I think the second goal I think apart from you know Dyer's brain fart I would say that you can see that Salah is really on the tip of his toe, um, sniffing out the any opportunity that comes his mm-hmm. way, and you know, when I think when the ball comes to, uh, when it comes to a one-on-one situation, right? You know, most keepers would fear to go against Mo Salah because he is that clinical, and you know, he didn't he didn't prove the the fans wrong uh, for for both for both scenarios. Like you can tell that he's getting very confident. It's just that um, Liverpool now needs to find. The players who can deliver the the service to him like you know previous in previous seasons he he had like Trent, but mm-hmm. now you know Trent is not looking at his
0: best, so um I think Trent now is a bit more concerned with his defensive duties, yeah, which i mean <laughs> he's still don't get me wrong, he's still having like a a poor go of it, but I think he's been instructed to not push up as far ahead. Like, most of Trent's good work against Spurs were the long diagonals mm-hmm. about from about the halfway line. Um, so, in a way, they've nerfed Trent a little bit, but in many ways, they've nerfed him to... You Like, you sacrifice one thing to preserve another, right? And, yeah, I, I think Salah... I completely agree with you. First few games he was really like not effective too far on the wi- uh on the right. And I think now we've sort of made adjustments so that um Elliott's a little bit wider now. Firmino has a bit of a floating role and Salah is just get your head down, cause uh cause havoc down the middle and um sniff out any chances you might get, which uh, I think he did exceptionally well against Spurs.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, with that, right? With that uh, more more big news happened this week apart from the busy weekend we had. We got the Champions League draw as well. Um Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Europa draw also. yeah. Some some <laughs> of our teams are The I already said the Europa <laughs> draw probably had the most blockbuster tie in it. But um but two, two of your teams, uh, two, two of the teams that make the headliners
1: are, we have two of the fans that are currently here now. So. Ha, has to be there. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> has to be. Has to be. And they're both playing Spanish teams. <laughs>
0: oh. Bruh, man. But uh, yeah, I guess I'll go first. Um, I watched the draw live, so when. Oh, I yeah, Liverpool, you were texting us that. Yeah, Liverpool for that. could only get Real Madrid by Munich, Porto, or Benfica, right? So when I saw that um benfica got picked already i was just like oh god it's gonna be bayern or real madrid i did have like hope that it'll be porto because we seem destined to always play them but yeah my my hopes got extinguished pretty quickly when getting real madrid and i don't know man real madrid are our bogey side um they've beat us the last everybody's
2: bogey side (laughs)
0: That is true, but I think Liverpool in particular, like they just seem to relish playing us now. They just seem to have our number. Um, I'm just hoping that by February, most of our key players will be back so we can actually play them with something close to our best 11 because, yeah, this Real Madrid side, I know they lost yesterday, There was the first, first loss of the season, but they are still going to be there and thereabouts um, the- in La Liga and in the Champions League, so... I'm sure they would have preferred another team rather than Liverpool but they certainly head into the clash as favourites and yeah it'll be up to us to 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 uh, really get at them and wh- I just ask all the Liverpool players please do not post anything about revenge no um, more um, no more revenge <laughs> no more we have a score to settle
1: he he, he Fkb himself
0: let's just play it. let's oh, stop man. with all this yeah, no more, no, no talking to the media. Let's just play. Yeah.
1: Oh, but but for the neutrals, I have to say that that is an exciting fixture
0: to have that early into the Champions League. Of slate. course, I mean that and um PSG, PSG Bayern, right? Yeah. those are the box office games. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of like Chelsea Dortmund as well. Um, I'm not sure how Sash feels about it. I think Chelsea. When you look at their potential opponents in that pot two, right? I think. Dortmund probably one of the trickier games like obviously no one wanted PSG I would say PSG and Liverpool and part 2 are the ones that most teams wanted to avoid but I would say Dortmund mm, at their very best could cause Chelsea problems especially if Chelsea still find themselves in this sort of inconsistency limbo by February but I still fancy Chelsea mm-hmm. Um, they've proven to be rather solid in knockout ties but yeah I mean Bellingham might be doing a mini audition right it seems like everywhere Bellingham plays now he's just auditioning <laughs> for like uh, w- every big club he plays against like he was auditioning when he played you guys at the Etihad he's gonna audition at Stamford Bridge and I
2: don't think yeah. he needs to audition anymore he's probably on everyone's oh uh, for sure watch sure. <laughs> maybe not
0: audition yeah. audition is the wrong word it's more like a b- like the the clubs have to pitch their their projects to him. <laughs> <laughs> Reverse <laughs> auditions. Yeah, man. What What about yourself? I I know that um City being in Port One couldn't get Liverpool. Um, so I guess for you guys the biggest threat was PSG as well. Um, but mm-hmm. I would I would imagine you're pretty content with Leipzig, right? Yeah, I, I think have to have to respect them, but surely. Yeah, but I, I think we have a pretty good run against Leipzig so
1: mm-hmm. it shouldn't be a problem yeah PSG was the team that um, we were I was praying that we don't get because you know they are a team that um, have a lot of individual brilliance but I would say that you know somehow they have not gotten to that level that um, we thought they would reach with the quality of players they have so I think even if we have gotten PSG right it wouldn't be I wouldn't be fearing too much. I think the team that is the most challenging right now, based on the list that I'm looking at, has to be Real Madrid lah. Because you know, mm. last season's Champions League winners and, and 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 they have a manager who knows how to win games lah. So it's gonna be a very tricky, uh, it's gonna be very tricky for Liverpool to you know beat them. But if they do, then I I think it, uh it kind of does everyone else in the Champions League a favor.
0: Oh, for sure, but I kind of like Liverpool as underdogs, though. I think the last few times where we've been favored, we've kind of bottled it. So I, I don't get me wrong; I would have preferred most teams than Real Madrid, but um, we're just gonna have a, we just gotta have a good go at them, you know. No one's like um, invincible, so yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's let's have a good go of it. Um, what other ties did we see? I to to be honest, I I I feel that.
1: Firstly, um, Nap- I feel that Napoli is going to be like the dark horse of the
0: Champions League. and, mm, and But I feel yeah. with Napoli, right? <sighs> I feel like there's always one team every season that's gassed up as like the underdogs or like the dark horses who are like just blitz people in the group stage.
2: Like Atalanta at one point. Atalanta <laughs> or, like, or like last <laughs> season it was like Ajax, right? I
0: think Napoli, um, they play Ben, not Benfica, uh, kind of spacing of uh, Frankfurt do you have the list Frankfurt yeah I don't think Frankfurt is the team to beat them but yeah. Napoli mm, they, I, I'll be I'll, I mean I'll put I'll put like a small like 10 bucks on Napoli to win but I don't know I feel like with these teams right all it takes is one injury or one mistake to like completely change the narrative so It'll be interesting. La. I think they make it to the last eight but yes. um, if they get paired up with like a you know Bayern PSG or maybe even like a Chelsea I could see them or Man City. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's probably where their like ceiling is but yeah. Definitely the most exciting UCL team so far. Um, oh. I think that was what about? there was one random draw right. Club Bruges against Benfica. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was b- very much like a they both dodged a bullet. La, let's yeah. put it this way. <laughs> they both dodged a bullet. Um, Spurs.
2: Spurs got AC Milan.
0: Spurs-Milan is one of the ties I'm actually really looking forward yeah. to. And mm. I think... It looks
2: quite evenly matched. Yeah.
0: It is on paper. And I think Conte going up against po- um, uh, Pioli is like uh, They've had a rivalry before. I think Milan at full strength take it. I think they... They have... Players not not that Spurs don't, but I think Milan have just that ability to be um they they're able to kick like that next that next level uh, more consistently than Spurs, but um it's anyone's game, I think both teams would not be too disappointed with their draw um it's it's just whether Spurs can have all their injuries um or their injured players back in time um Inter-Porto is, like, a another, like, sort of, kind of dodge the bullet. I actually think Porto take that one. There's just something about them this year. They look more solid. They look like... I still don't think they'll go all the way, but I think they'll be good value for uh, a last eight showing.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. and Are we uh, going to
2: talk about Europa? Or is there any more?
0: Actually... I feel like we're missing a few, but I I feel like we've hit all the big ones. But for Europa, right, Damn. while <laughs> I have... I still don't think teams that finish third should particularly be rewarded, but I think that's a discussion for another time. What I will say, however, is I like the pairing. Because these ties, right, the last 32 or the, the round of 16 playoff clashes, right, I look at most of the games and... They're really good quality. Like I mean, menu mm. like Barcelona like doesn't get much better than that, right? Like I know they are not. Both sides are. Not what they used to be, but still, like, I would. I the would name sales man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I I mm. I mean, odds wise, I think it's very evenly matched. Uh, Lewandowski at Old Trafford. Oof. Oof. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Like, Lewandowski versus Martinez, like, bro, like that's interesting.
2: I think it was interesting that Xavi made the comment that he felt like this was going to be a very difficult match. I think... Um, I think he's right. He's, he's, he's right. And that's what makes it very interesting. Because in normal cases, right, um, I would feel that Barcelona is the the much more dangerous side. The, the side that you, we wouldn't want to come up against. But in any sort of like form of recent, you feel like... Actually, this is the only time I feel like... And I don't want to FKB it, so I won't. But I'm just <laughs> thinking this game it's not too bad. <laughs> it It could be interesting to watch and, and it's anyone's game, really. Um, but Barca aren't the same Barca that it used to be, so... They'll be the hurting
0: t- for sure. They'll, they'll be like... You know, they still have that... uh. They have Depay. Which United do, right, as well. It's like that air of like, oh my god, I can't believe we even have to play like a Europa League playoff. Like, just this doesn't sound right. But mm. we're going to have to suck it up and... I think for the fans, it'll be... It'll be a good game, interesting tie, and... I think the winner of that tie automatically becomes, like... One of the favourites, if not the favourite for the competition. Um, yeah. juventus Definitely. Nantes is a game I never thought I would see in my life. But here we are. And... I, I wouldn't back Juventus for anything right now. I know they beat, in, I know they beat Inter the weekend, but they were absolutely like bodied the whole game. They pretty much had two shots and two goals. I like Leverkusen against Monaco. Mm-hmm. I think that could, if you yeah, didn't it tell me, it was a League game. Yeah, that could easily be a Champions League tie. Sevilla, actually, no know, in, way, a, in a different time, <laughs> I changed my pick. Sevilla is the favourites just cause they <laughs> <So> own the <laughs> so Europa yeah, League I like Ajax, Union Berlin Union Berlin are like going on like a, almost like a Leicester like run oh, really? in Europe they're oh. top of Bundesliga bro like that's insane I don't understand how but they're top of Bundesliga Ajax um, I think were very underwhelming in the Champions League but um, they did sell a lot of their best players so I think Europa League this season is more their speed and um, I couldn't tell you who wins that game but I kind of like these knockout ties um, not the worst um, but yeah I think it is It is a bit of a weird one seeing the Champions League teams having to re-qualify but yeah this, it makes n- this more knockout round ties, playoffs
2: is a new thing right? it is correct it is yeah, right yeah yeah, yeah
0: it used Change. to be so such that um i think all the qualifiers will make the the round of 32 mm. but now it's like if you win your group you're like sort of rewarded and you get to avoid two games so i don't hate it but i'm sure they can do something a bit different um we're almost at like 90 minutes so shall we just do a quick fire fraud watch mm-hmm. right um who we got I think we got we have a lot of potential options for this week man
1: Yeah yeah maybe hmm. I, maybe I'll go first lah
0: <laughs> Yeah please
1: o- Honestly I think for watch I'm going to nominate Bournemouth because you know <laughs> going I think I think anyone in particular <laughs> I think I think it's just the whole team uh. It's like you know yeah when you are leading 3-1 against Leeds right you should have three points in the bag but to lose not only, uh, to lose not only a point but three points at the death, right? I mean, and it's not just this week. It's I think last week as well to Spurs. Or is yeah, it? Yeah, they're becoming week? bottlers, man. Yeah, like they are bottling everywhere, man. Like I think their stadium now is filled with bottles. <laughs> so, so I I, hon- I have to I have to say the entire Bournemouth team is on my watch.
0: <laughs> yeah, they can't catch a break right now, and um. I think I don't think it gets much easier for them, but yeah, they, 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 sh- they and this would like crush their confidence because now in the back of their minds they're like, even with a two goal cushion, you know, they're always like, um, vulnerable, right? Uh, Nate, do you have a a fraud watch nominee ready?
2: Uh, I'm gonna go with a reverse, and I'm gonna go boss watch. Mm. I'm gonna actually give some props to a team that has been in the gulags for us for a while and that's Leicester City nice um, mm-hmm. I feel like I, I caught a little bit of that game against Everton and I feel like just looking at their overall play they are starting to, to look a lot more like their old self um, the thing about Leicester which is, is like I don't really know what was really missing um, maybe a bit of a killer instinct but um, in this game especially um Madison looks really sharp. He's starting to really look like their stand up player. I think he has been for a, a while, but um he's really kind of uh the guy who makes their team tick at the moment. And um and yeah, we have to give a shout out to Ma- that, man that is Yuri Tieleman's life. To, <laughs> to, to he wants England to go to squad. the World Cup. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's like he's he's playing out of his skin. Yeah. Um that Tillemans... uh Dude is goal. just in
0: a competition with himself to like Score
2: goal of the season. Exactly. The goal of the season competition. Telemans. He's also someone
0: who's probably playing for a contract, right? Because his contract with Leicester is up. I don't think he plans on renewing, so... We talked about the Bellingham audition, right? This is his, like... He's just trying to create a highlight reel.
2: It's like, who wants to uh to buy a banger?
0: <laughs> it's like you know how you apply for jobs, especially in like media. You have to send like portfolio, right? Yo, this his is, show reel, like, man. He's, he's just yeah, like yeah, he's watch sh- this. <laughs> he's just sending like highlights, bro. Like, <laughs> like thirty like what to sixty second highlight clips of his, him just like leathering like <laughs> goals. But yeah, good shot. Yeah, shout. he I only
2: he only scores bangers.
0: Oh that's 100%. the Times thing. Even the last week against City, right? He almost scored. Yeah. He almost added to the highlight reel. I think he was he'll still add it in, like he'll just edit it edit out like Edison like <laughs> it so it looks like he went in. Um good shout. Honestly, like I had our spot for choice this week. There were a lot of options. You had Southampton, of course, getting wrecked by Newcastle. You had West Ham giving up a late goal to somehow lose the palace at home. Uh, I think West Ham are miles off it this season. Um, United, a bit harsh, but I could have put in like Ronaldo for just being a little whiny biatch. <laughs> <laughs> um, Wolves just can't can't keep a clean sheet, can't see games out. I think I don't have an exact stat, but I think Wolves probably have the most number of goals conceded in like the last five minutes. Of any side in the league, I will have to like do a double check on that. But
2: how how do you feel about Hazen Hutto? The sack, <laughs> no, like before the sack, but just as him a as a person. As in, like, <laughs> I'm sure he's not a big guy. As, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. as, as a manager, do you actually think that he's actually been a bit of a fraud? Like he's his teams I don't have know, been to has be been honest. beaten quite badly mm, multiple mm. times. You know Southampton, they've yeah. been whacked like. What was it? The well, I think
0: th- any th- side or any manager who oversees two 9 0s is already like. Pff, it's no, tough, but, right? Like, to no, so have that on your CV. No, but,
1: you, but, mean, but, but, but could you actually say that, you know, I think there are some people who defend Hasan Houtel and say that the club is not actually backing him to get the players he wants. So he has for to. He has to make data the quality buy, of yeah. players, right? Yeah. But
2: but his tactics and everything, like, to get WAC 9 0. You, you, you're you doing something wrong, right? You're you're not organising your
0: team or they're not playing for you or or something. I don't know. It's just... For sure, <laughs> to ha- for it to happen twice, it also says a lot about the players he has because this Southampton team, right, I think its core hasn't really changed in, like, mm-hmm. years. We're going to see Southampton, like, they're going to bring someone else in, right, like, probably during the World Cup and they're still going to struggle because they're just not a good side. They can't score... They're not particularly adept at defending. To be fair, they haven't gotten trounced too much. I think this season, their biggest defeats were to Spurs and Newcastle. But they're just very uninspiring. Like, they, they don't have. Like, they have Ward Prowse, who has the occasional moments on Magic. But up front, you know, you're looking at Che Adams, who gives you like six, seven goals a season. Adam Armstrong, I think, has been a massive um flop unfortunately. I was excited for to see him in the Prem, but he just hasn't kicked on. So I agree with Lionel. I think obviously Hasan Huto has to take some of the blame, but in many ways it's like what do you expect him to do? Like he can't, you know, you can't make chicken salad out of like chicken like expletives, yeah. right? It's 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 very, very tough on him, but how do you see it like kind of like I know it's a bit of a sec, but like mm.
2: in relation to what I mean um, what Eddie Howe's doing at Newcastle. Yes, he's gotten some decent investments in and he's definitely changed the team with some key signings. Uh, as I think we discussed in the last episode as well. But majority of like um, the, the good work has been him being able to revitalise existing players like Almeron, like Joe Linton. These players who I would have said last season were more or less quite like dead and gone to me, like like squad at best. Um, may not even be starting, uh, in in most teams as well. Uh, even Willock to some extent right. was having a bit of a really rough patch last season. Um, he's looking really good. I mean, the whole team is, and that has to do with a lot of like the confidence and results. But uh, w- if you could bring in a um, I guess a manager into this team for Southampton, I'm I'm sure he could probably bring out some good aspects of some players. I think that's what we saw with Eddie
0: Howe. I think it depends a lot on who they appoint, but this Southampton, like, the board hasn't shown any sort of, whether they are just um, caught, like, have massive financial, like, constraints, or whether they think they can sort of squeeze by by doing the absolute minimum, but I think Carson Hutel's reign at Southampton just got stale. Like, he's been there, I think, four years now at the time mm-hmm. of his sacking and they've had some high like real high moments like beating liverpool beating arsenal i think a couple times a, c- a couple of good cup runs but they've just kind of stagnated la. and i think in the premier league right we've often seen teams who stagnate yeah they need a refresh th- right yeah they need a refresh uh, before it's too late like we've seen some teams just get like blindsided and before you know it you're relegated right so mm-hmm. Um, I think it was the it right could be hot favorites to go down, right? At this r- point, I think they are in trouble. Like they, they need something to change and quick. And changing things up before the the, the World the, the, Cup the, will be necessary. The World Cup break, yeah, I think I think it had to be done. And in many ways, doing it before a Liverpool game away, like it gives them a shot because Liverpool, as we've seen, can beat anyone but can also lose to anyone. So. I was saying Lionel before recording this like, I wouldn't be shocked if they beat us at, at feel so um, which is absurd to say but yeah sucks to, to see another casualty I think there have been like four already mm-hmm. like Parker Parker okay, Potter wasn't really like a casualty but yeah man like this season I think clubs have become more brutal in a this way but yeah man yeah but uh, anyway, anyway to address your point just now
1: right um Bournemouth is actually the team that has considered the most goals with 32 but Wolves but are the in the
0: last in the it, last
1: 5 minutes yeah but no but in uh, another thing is Wolves are the team right that have scored the least goals this season with only 8 so I think they don't the, have a striker
0: dude <laughs> yeah so I think that,
1: that I think with, with the, the the two rate cuts across the two games um, it's, things are looking uh, bad to worse la. they haven't so, even
0: replaced Bruno Lager
1: right yeah, have have they, I think, actually, I, I think they may have brought in somebody, not very sure who. I don't think so, bro. I think they are like waiting. Yeah, they, they said that they have a new head coach. I, I'm not very sure how to pronounce his name. Unless they are just like Lo, interim Lo, or yeah. something. Lopetegui? Lo I'm not very sure if I'm butchering his name. La, but yeah, like, yeah he's he used, really to, he used to coach
0: Gouy. Sevilla and Real Madrid, right? Oh, but yeah. I thought those were just rumours.
1: Yeah, but I think I think based on the news that I'm looking, he's the he looks like the guy to come in like If if the if everything goes well for them, mm. but um, will it be too late? Uh, we won't
0: know But we have another couple of more. Ga- I think there's still games. time. Like we're not yeah. even halfway through the season yet, and right at the bottom, like really, there's so many yeah. teams that, uh, just you get one one win, one draw, like two wins, you're like already flying up the table um so i think it's good that teams are acting swiftly when they see issues arise but uh yeah man it'll be interesting to see how they use the month to sort of regroup um i think that was it right okay do i I still have to give Uh, i'm just gonna i'm just gonna throw chelsea in the gulag because i thought they were really poor against arsenal um yeah, Cucurella in particular, like uh, like normally he has a really solid game, but he just was second best very much for the entire game. So I'm I'm throwing him in there, mm-hmm. uh, just for this game la, I think still a good player, but yeah, just thoroughly out uh, outplayed by by Saka on that right side. Um, what else do you guys want to discuss? If not, I'm gonna wrap this up because I think the three of us found a groove a little bit <laughs> towards the end of the episode and just like yeah we could I mean I could talk for like another hour but yeah it's getting late now.
1: <laughs> yeah man I think we did, did a pretty good job just being the three of us and for the fact that we kind of winged it <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yeah.
2: we, we yeah. play <laughs> we play quite well with a few men down, down yeah, we're good we're good
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so yeah man thanks uh, to Nate and Lionel for joining me on this busy uh, Tuesday um great ucl draws uh yesterday great europa league draws final uh match week of the premier league this weekend before we break for the world cup and uh we're trying to do a world cup episode we're still ironing out the details of what it will be about um but we want to have a world cup episode uh i unfortunately will be serving the nation during the group stages so uh You won't be hearing my voice during the early parts of the World Cup, but um, we'll see how busy the rest of the the crew is. But yeah, we definitely will have at least one World Cup episode and we'll go from there after that. But yeah, thanks for tuning in if you made it this far and we'll see you in the next app. Thanks, everyone.